Blog Talk Radio. Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Gypsy. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Top of the morning. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions, obviously listening around the world on Block Talk Radio, live from Hollywood, California. This is Tough Love. I'm Alistair Conrath. Hopefully everybody's having a good Sunday morning thus far. Uh, tons to get to in the next half hour here. And uh, I will start uh, with some quick hitters. <laughs> Not one hitters, quick hitters. Uh, I was watching <clears throat> Washington State beat the shit out of Arizona last night. And at the end of the game, they said something that, you know, took me aback a little bit. Uh, but Tracy Clays is Washington State D coordinator. And Tracy Clays, for those of the Gopher fans out there, Minnesota, you know, people out there, obviously, he was the defensive coordinator for Minnesota under Jerry Kill. And then uh, once Jerry Kill couldn't uh, coach anymore because of the whole seizure thing, Clays took over. Obviously, shit hit the fan with the Gopher program and and, uh, so on and so forth. But Tracy Clays is a really good D coordinator. And at the moment, they sit 20th in defense uh, for Washington State. The only reason I bring this up is twofold. Number one, It's cool to see Tracy Clays land on his feet after the whole Minnesota debacle because a lot of people were talking shit about him, uh, and I don't necessarily think it was his fault. And second off, I I love it when a guy can lay down pride and and do what's right for the, the greater whole. And Mike Leach, who didn't do it at Texas Tech by any means, actually hired somebody competent on defense on the defense obviously Mike Leach can score points but that was always the problem at Texas Tech and wherever else he would he landed is <clears throat> their defense was terrible and so it, it's good like as it sits right now Washington State I think is 19th in the country in offense and 20th in defense Washington State is a real team. I was watching them last night, and I'm telling you, they're not. Out of all the rivalry games next week, I can't wait to watch the, the, the Apple Classic. Washington 
and Washington State is going to be arguably the best game of the weekend. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to see that game. Uh, so I like that. Mike Zimmer did it with the Vikings. Uh, you know, he's a defensive guy. Hey, what should I do? Get the best offensive guy in the biz. And, uh, you know, he's he one of, so with North Turner and Pat Shermer and so forth. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, football yesterday, you know, was pretty interesting. The, all of the SEC basically played outside of its conference, uh, which was lame. So SEC wasn't much, but Oklahoma State beat West Virginia in, in a, just a, a crazy fun game. I'm not I'm a huge offensive guy. You guys know that I like defense. Those old Ravens-Steelers games of the mid-2000s, I appreciated. But that Washington or uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma State game yesterday in Stillwater was great. West Virginia obviously is bounced from any playoff uh, chatter now. <clears throat> Excuse me, but Ohio State and Maryland went to, I think, triple overtime or double overtime, whatever it was. Maryland quarterback, I'm telling you, bud, like, how, how do you miss that throw? How do you miss it? You could have beat Ohio State. <laughs> the guy's sitting there just right in front of you. And you had to make a three or four yard pass and you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Is it? I couldn't believe, I could not believe what I was seeing. Uh, but you know, it, it happened and the Ohio state moves on. Luckily, um, central Florida played Cincinnati last night in a game that started off actually pretty good since he obviously, you know, got it handed 38, 13, you, Central Florida beat Cincy last night. You know, my only question is this. First off, by the way, Central Florida, I did not realize, <clears throat> excuse me, has the second best offense in the country right behind Oklahoma. And Cincinnati had the sixth best defense last night, uh, Michigan being number one in the country. And so for Central Florida, to put up 38 on Cincinnati, granted it was at home, I still think is pretty impressive. Um, obviously the question is, does you central Florida belong in the four? Not will they, we know that question is no central Florida will not make the final four unless there's some crazy Armageddon that happens and that's not happening. So do they belong in the, in the final four? You know, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how to answer that question. I guess, you know, look at it like this. If they played in the SEC or Big Ten or Pac-12 or Big 12, would it be different? Would they be undefeated? Would they have won 22 straight? I don't think so, obviously. You know, if you're in the SEC and you got to play LSU and Bama, I doubt you, Central Florida is winning 22 straight. And, and quite honestly, are they beating Mississippi State? You know, that's the, that's the question. So I, I love what they're doing. It's fun to watch them. I just don't, you know, I mean, when it's one game, let's just say they go to the New Year's Day or, a new, you know, one of the New Year's Six Bowls, which they will, and end up playing Ohio State. You know, on a, on a one-game basis, well, yeah, they could possibly beat Ohio State. But going through the grind, of a Big Ten season or an SEC season, ACC, what, whatnot, 
it takes a lot of time. Yes, it was Mike Leach who put Craig James kid in the hot box. That was awesome. Yes. Uh, God, that's a funny ass memory. Thank you, Nick. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know. You, you, uh, it's a great story. They're doing great things. I just don't think they're one of the top four teams in the country. I don't know. I still think it's Alabama and Clemson, Notre Dame, and then it's either Michigan or Georgia. Um, so I, you know, Michigan sitting at number one defensively. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so obviously bunch of NFL chatter that I'll get to. If anybody wants to chime in, 213-943-3423. 213-943-3423. If you have any football-related questions or NFL or college or Jimmy Butler, Golden State Warriors, uh, whatever, I do want to hit on that real quick. How much time do I have here? Yeah, 20 minutes. I'm good. Um, you know, it's very, it's very rare that you end up seeing a trade that becomes a win-win situation. And, uh, you know, obviously last week, the Minnesota Timberwolves traded Jimmy Butler to, the, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers and got back Covington and Sarich and, uh, you know, some other stuff. Well, since then, Minnesota has gone 3-0. You can just see that they are happier <laughs> Yeah, uh, a happier team. There's no doubt about it. Um, three and zero, and Carl Anthony Towns is playing well. Wiggins is playing well. Derrick Rose is stepping up and and having his best season since you know probably 2011, since his MVP year basically. Um, and it's great, and you can just see them playing better together and not not having to walk on the eggshell. Well, and then you look at Philadelphia, and they are 2-1 since the trade and lost the first one. But then the last two games, Jimmy Butler's first home game, uh, they win. And then last night, not only does he get a game-saving block on Kemba Walker, who, by the way, had 60 points last night in a loss. God, that would suck. Think about how bad that would suck. You score 60 points and you lose. Um, Wow. Pretty sure, and I'm not positive if they lost or not, but I want to say they did. Michael Jordan scored 63 against the Celtics in the 80s in a playoff game, and I want to say they lost that game too. I'm not sure. but So Jimmy Butler not only blocks Kemba Walker's uh, game-winning shot or attempt but when it goes back to the other end of the court, he hits a three-point dagger, uh, whoever the hell they were playing Charlotte last night. Uh, I mean, <laughs> big Jim. That was, uh, you know, again, great win for the Sixers. Great get for the Sixers. Jimmy Butler is thrilled to be there. Loves being there. Minnesota loves that he's gone. This is so much like prostitution <laughs> i can't explain it it's a win-win you know and i will explain it real quick so you're not wondering why i said that and probably you know in in prostitution it's a perfect business transaction a guy says i can't believe all i have to do is give this girl money 
and we have sex. And the girl's like, I can't believe all I have to do is have sex with this guy, and he gives me money. It's the perfect business transaction, and in sports, you rarely see a perfect business transaction and a win-win. That's all I'm saying. And the the Sixers-Wolves trade is a win-win, a true win-win. Minnesota Timberwolves are doing well, 3-0. and Sixers are – that is going to be – I mean, think about this. Last year at this time, you know, I mean, outside of Cleveland, you know, I mean, and LeBron, it was, you know, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Cleveland was going to make the finals and that was going to be all it was. And the rest of the East, you know, Toronto had a great year, but, you know, they couldn't get over the hump. Washington, you know, Celtics obviously were down Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Fast forward a year, and now all of a sudden Kawhi is on Toronto. They look like the team to beat in the East. Boston has Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back, and they obviously will be formidable come the end. You've got now the Sixers, who adding Jimmy Butler to go with Simmons and Embiid, who embrace him unlike Wiggins and Towns did. All of a sudden, now Philly is in that mix. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm missing <laughs> one team. And I, oh yeah, Milwaukee. I still am not taking Milwaukee as serious as as others are. I don't know why. I just don't think. It put it this way: in those four teams, I think Philly's last. The rest of the other three—Boston, Philly, and Toronto—I would say they're all one A, honestly. And then Milwaukee after that. Uh, but it was a true win-win trade, which you don't see a lot. I mean, it's kind of cool. When that happens, then it works out the way it did. Obviously, we'll see you know, what happens in the future for the Timberwolves. Philly is on their way to the playoffs and, and possibly doing great things. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, what else before I get to football? Should I get to football? Oh, yeah. Um, the Draymond Green and Kevin Durant spat. I will say this. I, you know, I don't know who's to blame, nor do I care. I don't care. I'm just impressed that Draymond Green is still on the Warriors and hasn't worn out his welcome. You know, like Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens, um, you know, pick out a player who's loud, obnoxious, Randy Moss. uh, You know, I mean, you wear out your welcome. Your talent is so great that they keep you a second or two, and then and then they get rid of you because you get to be too much of a pain. Marcus Peters, good example. You know, the Chiefs, the kid led the league in turnovers his first two years and interceptions, and the Kansas City was like, ah, we don't want to deal with him. You know, you got to be a real piece of shit to, to be that good and to have somebody be like, yeah, uh, you're out. Yeah, Bill Belichick, Randy Moss. It happens. Uh, and so – it's surprising to me that Draymond is still on the Warriors when it comes to that, like Dennis Rodman style. Um, but, you know, I don't – you can tell that winning – even winning gets old and tough to replicate and just stick with status quo when you have the same group of guys. The, and Golden State is still better than everybody, but it's boredom to them right now. And you can see it. They're, they're in, in, you know, in team fighting. I don't know what, you know, the extent of Green and Durant 
the fallout is going to be? Is it going to affect them so much that they don't win the championship this year? I don't know. I do know Durant's gone. <laughs> There's no doubt. Durant's gone after this year. Where he goes, who knows? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One last thing. Oh, God, I don't know if I should do it right now. Maybe I'll do it at the end of the show. Stay tuned. Uh, don't leave. I have something for the end of the show, and it's a little um, controversial, but that's just what I do. Uh, so anyway, week 11, Vikings, Bears, Seattle. Shocking and surprisingly, I guess, possibly, took care of business Thursday night and beat the Packers for the Vikings, which is really nice of them. Thank you. Uh, if you look at Green Bay's remaining schedule, yeah, I mean, I think they'll go four and two. But if they go four and two, that means with the tie, they would be eight, seven, and one. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's playoffs uh, because they have to play at Minnesota. And I want to say at the shoot, somebody else that's tough. Um, and I don't think they're going to win. So, I'll, you know, I, I think Green Bay's out of it, which is, you know, amazing for Vikings fans. <laughs> uh, but as for the Vikings, this is a big day. This is obviously the game of the week. Sunday night football in Chicago. This is a this is why the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, right? This game is why you paid Kirk Cousins eighty four million dollars. Obviously, if all of a sudden playoff time comes and the Vikings are in it, well then. That is also why you paid him the money. But the winner of tonight's Vikings-Bears game gets sole possession of first place. Bears are in that position right now. But obviously, if they win tonight, that would really solidify their spot in the division, especially with that Packers loss. And then them being a game and a half up on the Vikings with a game in hand makes it difficult for the Vikes. This is why you got... Kirk Cousins. Up to this point, Kirk Cousins, it's obvious why or how much better he is than Case Keenum. There's zero doubt about that whatsoever. Has he turned the ball over at fortunate times? Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, But he is human. He's not going to play mistake free. And so, you know, those things unfortunately are part of the game. the Bears, you know, second in the league in, NF, in the sacks, number one in hurries, number one in turnover margin. They rush the passer obviously really well. The Vikings, unfortunately, give up the most pressures in the league up to this point. Um, I guess that's the thing that I'm most concerned with and is the most obvious about this game is the offensive line when it comes to keeping the Bears defense at bay in passing downs. I truly believe when you have somebody like Khalil Mack, who is insanely good, I, I still believe the best thing that you can do is run at him. 
The Vikings need to be able to run the football today with success. I think Chicago is number one in the league against the run. I think the Vikings are third against the run. Vikings have ran the ball decent this year and late a lot better than the beginning. And so for the Vikings to not, I mean, trust me, Khalil Mack, and I'm not putting him in Lawrence Taylor's, you know, realm, but when you have a guy who's that dominant, you're not going to, you're just not going to stop him. (laughs) What's the, I'm trying to think who it is. You can only hope to contain him. Um, And that is the truth. That's just the truth. Khalil Mack's great. He's awesome. Like, what do you want me to say? But you still have to be able to neutralize him somewhat. Cannot let that guy just get to 100. You got to keep him at like 70, 75. And how do you do that? You tire him out. You run at him. And you run at those two D tackles. Get them tired. Make them work on every down. So come the end of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, you can, you're, you're, you can dominate them, and you can hopefully tire them out. Uh, so running the football is paramount today for the Vikings, and you run it at Khalil Mack. You, that is just what has to happen today. You have to be able to run it at Khalil Mack. Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, who I, I think Latavius Murray is as important today as Dalvin Cook. Are they going to be utilized the same? I doubt it. I think Dalvin's probably going to get the majority of the run today, which is fine because it's not as though he can't run between the tackles. He gives you a a definite added dimension of being able to bounce it and have lateral movement comparatively to Murray, who's a lot more north-south. Both of those two, along obviously with the offensive line, creating space for those guys. Wearing out that that Chicago defense, who, by the way, isn't big. It's not like they're, you know, just got two huge anchors. Goldman, and I'm trying to think of the other D tackle. They're not the biggest guys. Uh, I mean, they're not small, obviously, but tiring them out is what is going to help you win this game. Obviously, not turning the ball over is going to help more than anything. If the Vikings can limit turnovers today, and I'm talking one, you know, zero is, you know, best case scenario and wishful thinking. If the Vikings can limit it to one turnover today, I think they'll have a good chance. Defensively, you know, the Vikings need to to keep trending what they're, you know, what they have been doing, and they have, and I want to say it's. Since the Eagles game um, in week five, I want to say is when that was, Vikings have uh, one of the top defenses, and they now sit at, I think, I don't know, let's just say middle of the pack, but they were pretty bad to start with. And now they've, they've simplified, they're, they're doing better. Chicago's offense is unique. They've got makers but it's not household name playmakers it's you know i mean Allen robinson is good Tariq cohen is good trey burton 
is decent. Um, they've just got a bunch of you know, people who do well in space, kind of like Kansas City, a poor man's Kansas City, which isn't shocking, being that Matt Nagy, their coach, came from uh, Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, but that is what they do. They, they're, they, they throw it around, and Trubisky, if you play man on Trubisky, he can beat you with the legs. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, the Vikings saw that last year, and now, fast forward a year, Trubisky looks so much more comfortable. It's amazing what can happen with a coach who brings in a different dynamic. We saw it with Los Angeles Rams. And Jared Goff with Jeff Fisher, Jared Goff with Sean McVay. We went from talking about Jared Goff, like, oh, this guy's a bust, to, oh, wow, Jared Goff's pretty good. So, you know, when you have right coaching and put your guys in the right position, well, now you're seeing what Chicago is. And then, obviously, defensively, you add a Cleo Mack, and they're doing pretty well. Um, I still think, you know, Kirk Cousins and that offense, you got Diggs, you got Thielen. Offensively, you can, I think, have your no, I'll not have your way. I think that's stupid. I shouldn't say that. I think it, I think offensively, obviously running the ball is paramount, but you still have Diggs and Thielen. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the one place on the Bears defense, in my opinion, that's not as dominant. Obviously, is the front seven, and that's their secondary. Eddie Jackson is insane, mind you, insane. Safety from Alabama, really good. Kyle Fuller is a decent corner, uh, but that's just two, you know, and so it it depends. If they can get pressure on Cousins, that obviously helps. If Cousins has time, well, rock and roll. I, You know, I mean, Bears are number one in points off turnovers, okay? So they're, they're at 89 points off of turnovers, which leads the league by a wide margin. That is how you beat them, is by not turning the ball over. Now, keep in mind, that's obvious, right? It's just common sense. But that is just the way it needs to go. This is at Soldier Field. This is a huge game when it comes to atmosphere. And how are you going to cope with the atmosphere of Soldier Field tonight? I think that is more important than anything. These are the intangibles that the nerds don't want to accept and, and talk about because it doesn't factor into numbers. But the crowd noise, just the, the, the Sunday night football factor, there are intangibles that go into the game that are going to be a big deal tonight, and those are two of them. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, Mike Zimmer does a great job of getting everybody amped up just enough uh, to, to play within themselves, not let the crowd and momentum sway that much because that's going to be, you know, huge. If you, if you give, give up a sack, yeah, live to play another down. Strip sack, different story. Interception, different story. Fumble by a running back, different story. Those, all those things that can feed in to the momentum of that squad, 
That those are the things that you're just going to have to limit. And I, I, you know, defensively, I think the Vikings are going to be okay. I, you know, Daniil Hunter is obviously playing crazy. Everson Griffin is now, you know, getting back into the fold. Linval Hungry Joseph, you know, he's going to be there. Sheldon Richardson might be the wild card tonight. Think about that. That front four is really, really good. Um, holy cow, 90 seconds. That's it. <clears throat> so, anyway, I think the Vikings win tonight. I really do. Uh, lastly, there was a, you know, a post by my friend sent me a, a deal about a, and this was like 15 or 16, a transgender um, MMA fighter. A dude who switched over to a chick and then was fighting as a chick. So essentially, it was a dude kicking the shit out of all these women. How is this fair? She sent it because there was a funny thing, you know, where it's like a, a commercial where it's like, well, she's a guy. So, you know, and it's but it's crazy. There was a transgender wrestler down in Texas. Same exact situation. That'd be like me going out and just kicking the shit out of women. Only I'd go to jail. But now because it's transgender, it's okay? I tell you what, I don't care what you want to be. I don't care. I give a shit. Just stay out of sports. Don't, don't ever think that's okay. If you want to be a lesbian and fight other lesbians, great. If you want to be transgender and fight other transgenders, great. Leave it out of sports. Have an awesome Sunday fun day. I'm Alistair. This is Tough Love. Drive fast. Take chances. Bye, guys.